Builder, would you pray for our time in the Word and in fellowship? Worship our King.
We're gonna let that play over us one more time. Who 
God's good news, Lord. Jesus, that you are seated at the right hand of the throne of God, that you indeed have risen from the grave. God, there's none like you. You are victorious. And the hope that we have in Jesus, oh God, may we just put aside all that we've gone through this week or even this morning, God, and let us press in, yes. Father, with a desire and a hunger to know you even more intimately, Father. Because God, you are pleased to reveal yourself to us through your Son, Jesus. God, that we no longer have to be bound by guilt and shame and condemnation, God, that that we recognize that in and of ourselves, we know, Father, the chaos and the destruction that we will create. God, our position, if we're Christians, is to be in Christ. And, Father, if there's active sin in our life, God, you are so gracious and kind, Father, that you draw us to repentance. Father, you don't stiff-arm us. God, you gently remind us, God, of your love towards us. God, that we would not continue to cling to to that which is fading away. God, that we're called to cling to Christ. The author and the perfecter of our faith. Ah, this is the good news. This is the great news. We all need Jesus. We all need you, Jesus. So, Father, we come and we just humble ourselves before you, Lord. We say, God, have your way. We don't want to be proud in our hearts, God, or, Lord, stiff-arming you, but, God, we just want to humble ourselves and say, God, here we are. God, you begin this work in us. Father, you are faithful to complete it. So help us to get out of the way, Lord. Just allow the Holy Spirit whom you've given us, God in us, to lead, guide, and to counsel us, to direct us, to follow and obey all that Jesus has commanded. So we thank you for this time to gather and to open up your word, Father. We praise you, Father, for your loving kindness and your tender mercies that are new each morning. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So, application. Again, it's our word for the year. Don't get tired of it. Six months in. Sustained effort, hard work. This is the Christian life. Sustained effort, hard work. The Christian life is not a life that is just, you know, <clears throat> floating around, singing the Hallelujah Choir chorus all day long and having no cares in this world. No, no, no. Jesus himself said, in this world you will have trouble. But for us to be of good cheer. Because we already know that he's already overcame the world and this is the mindset that a Christian is to be living. Even when we find ourselves down, because of our choices, because of our actions, that we've allowed sin to gain ground. 
And I posted this incredible message from Charles Spurgeon on my social media today. And it was just, it's just a great encouragement. You see, for Christians, sin is no longer our master. Doesn't mean you won't sin. It's just not mastering you anymore. If there's active sin, and I'm speaking to Christians, I'm not speaking to, to people who just hold a form of Christianity, I'm not speaking to people who've never accepted Christ, I'm speaking to Christians who find themselves today, who've allowed sin into their lives because of choices they have given themselves to. We're not blaming others. No, where does sin come from? It comes from the desires that are from within. It doesn't say it's from what other people have done to you. No, it's from what you have chosen. You are the one who's in rebellion towards a God who has already redeemed you and called you out. That's why sin is no longer your master, because you're not comfortable as a Christian in sin. Maybe comfortable in the minute while you're in it, or giving yourself the right to it, but as the minutes and the hours and the days progress, you start feeling this uneasiness. And isn't it always funny, we've talked about this before, isn't it always funny, the, whis- the enemy whispers in our ear, turn from God. Don't go to church. Don't pray. All of a sudden, there's all these accusations that build up within ourselves against God, against church, and just against fellowship, against everything, just to keep us away from the only one who can redeem us, who can satisfy us, who can cleanse us, who, who frees us from the shame and the guilt. And that's why I've always encouraged you that true freedom comes from true transparency, first before God and then before others. We've got nothing to hide. We've got nothing to hide. You don't have to live in seclusion. You got things going on. Get it out. I love it when the Word of God says to expose the fruitless deeds of the darkness. Drag it into the light. And if you're sincere in that, God has prompted you to do that. Because He wants to heal you. He wants to turn around that which was meant for evil for good. This is the God in whom we serve. And so sin is not to be a, the master of Christians. We're not submitted to that old nature any longer. No, we've reckoned ourselves dead, but alive in Christ, our new position. We are in Christ. We are seated with Christ. We have full access to all that Christ has for us, that we may live and not die that we would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Even in the most wickedest of times and generations, we will see the goodness of the Lord, that we will be secured and rooted in Christ, that yet though thousands may fall at our side, we will stand and stand there for them. That's why Ephesians 6 tells us, after you've done all you know to do, then just stand. And stand there for them. (laughs) Warfare is intensifying on the earth. 
can't say it enough. It's not to scare us. It's not to be like, oh, there he goes again. No, it's just the reality. Warfare is intensifying. And that's why I want to keep encouraging us that we just can't be hearers. We have to be applying. We've got to be able to know in whom we say we believe in and all that we are in him. He left us here to do his will, to be his people, and that he will be our God. That that we would be set apart. That we would live holy lives. That we would honor him. That we would go and proclaim truth. That there would be a standard for our lives. Not because man has said, but because our eyes have been opened. Because I keep telling you, once you've tasted freedom, (laughs) once you've tasted freedom, you don't want to keep going back to bondage. After a while, the cycle breaks. Because you understand what it means to be cleansed. But it's a process, y'all. I said it last week. Yeah, are there people that God has touched and boom, like overnight, they're like these new people. It's like, oh, Jesus, wow. Yes, he has. But unfortunately, that's not the norm. He walks us through. He allows us to endure the depths and the depths and the depths of the valley so that we may grow. So that strongholds will be broken. Remember, we have patterns of thought that started way back there and before Christ that have formed us and shaped us. And they've kept us in these cycles of just brokenness and woundedness and bondage and poor stewardship. Just destroying us. And then it just not doesn't destroy us, it destroys others. Because we leave a, a, a just a path of, of, dis, of craziness. But Jesus calls us out of that. And that's why I love it when the Word of God says He gives us the weapons of our warfare to demolish those strongholds. And I was sharing with Carrie yesterday just some crazy stuff. You know, there's things that can happen. I'll be going through my day or we'll be in different stores or restaurants or just going about my day. And these thoughts would come and I'll be like, what, God, aren't you something? Like just memories, like especially when it comes to music, like songs. Like I back in the days, like you play a song and, oh, I got a story. Like I, 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 I just, I, maybe other people did it too. But Carrie always laughs at me. She's like, every song? I'm like, oh, yeah, every, every song. Every song, every movie, forget it. Back in the days, I would watch a movie and I'd be like, yep, that's me. Oh, I identify with that. That's what, yep, that's what I'm going to do. And just songs and just moments and times. And so things could just come flooding back. But I go, God, that's so funny. Like, I remember how dark and broken and wounded and just blood that I was. I mean, I tried to live a, a good life. I, I tried to be good to others. I, I tried to do, but yet I was so broken. And I was just trying to find some sense of, of, of hope, of, of belonging, of, of just love and acceptance and blah, whatever. And I was just giving myself over and over and over and over to anyone or anything. And I just finally got exhausted. 
But yet God met me right there. He didn't have to. And that's what He does for all of us. That's what He does for all of us. He meets us right there. Are you done? Are you exhausted yet? Are you at a place where you just seem like none of this is working out? And praise be to God for His loving kindness. He says, then turn to me. He doesn't stand there with his arms folded and say, ha He doesn't berate us and beat us down. It reminds me what I learned years ago when I was working at Universal. Did this training <clears throat> that whenever you, there's a lost child in the park, like you never stand over them because it intimidates them. So you get down and you meet them right where they're at. And you allow them to feel a sense of security. I said, God, that's what you did. I was lost. I was far from home. Just as you are. And he doesn't stand over us asking questions. No, he, he comes down. Oh man, that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful image. Do you understand what, what the enemy has done, what the world system has done, what our own nature does, how it tries to distort his image and make him to be someone that he's not? No, he comes. And he meets us right where we're at. So yeah, things can just come flooding back and I can, you know, tell Carrie, like, oh, this and this and that or whatever, whoever I may be with. But I'm just always so reminded, I said, but God, you know, I came home and I said, but God, aren't you great? Because those things used to drive me. But God, I can see them now like, like nothing measures up to Jesus. Have you got there yet, you all? Like nothing measures up to Jesus. There's nothing. He should be our all in all. I'm not looking for anyone else. I'm not looking for anything else. Like He's enough. He's all that I need and I know He's continuing to work in me. I know I'm not complete and finished and perfected till I'm with Him, but until then, I'm growing. I want to grow. I want to mature. I want to continue this run, this race, so I can gain the prize. And that's my favorite term over the past month, as I told you. I don't want to keep just chasing dust. And I read that scripture from you, from the Psalms, where everything is dust. Everything's going back to dust. From dust we came, dust you're going. And that's what we're chasing after. We're chasing after men, women, whatever. They're dying. They're going back to dust. And yet we're putting all of our being into them. (laughs) Or maybe it's material things. Or maybe it's this. Or maybe it's that. But do you realize... Like like when your eyes are open, you just go, I exerted that much energy, invested that much time, and it's all going away. I said, God, but when your eyes are open, when your eyes are no longer blinded by Satan, and God has revealed himself to you, I'm like, huh? eternal life and not of anything of my own doing but all because of what Christ accomplished what God you love me I have this list of 
against me. And then you say, but you're wiped clean. I don't remember it. As far as the east is to the west, I remember it no more. Why do you keep bringing it back to me? Like, you understand the level of freedom that we can have, you all, in Christ. But it's not an easy walk. It's not. So sustained effort, hard work, just as much energy, just as much purpose, just as much all of that that I did back here is just as much as I put in here. But here's the key, not in my own strength, but in depending upon the Holy Spirit. Because again, I realize this new life is nothing I created. This is a life birthed out of the Spirit. The Spirit-filled life now. And this is the beauty of it. So to apply, to give one's full attention to a task to work hard. Again, we've heard for six months now, applying the Bible is the duty of all Christians, not just for some Christians, but for all Christians. If we don't apply it, the Bible becomes nothing more to us than a normal book and a practical collection of old manuscripts. That is why Paul says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. When we apply the Bible, God himself will be with us. Again, I've shared with you, and, and I share with you the things I've gone through in hopes to encourage you, because, I, again, I don't know how you're doing. I'm not with you 24-7. I don't know how you're speaking to yourself. I don't know how you're walking in the Spirit. I don't know how you're communing with God. I don't know how you're applying the truth. All you do is pray and hope that you are. Yeah. But, man, I remember... I said, God, I know who I am. I know what I would do. I know what I like. I, but yet I know, God, that you're telling me that's not who I am anymore, but I don't know any other way. And I surely don't want to be one of those people who just run around and run amok calling you and say, oh, yeah, I follow Jesus, but yet they're just as dark as I am. They're, they're sitting in the club with me. They're in bed with me. They're... they're doing drugs with me. They're running amok. Their lives are just as broken and chaos as mine and there seems to be no hope in their lives. God, if that's it, oh, something's wrong. No, God, I, I want to believe because God, I didn't, I wasn't even looking for you. Nor were any of you. In and of yourself, you wouldn't choose I'll follow Jesus. I'll look for Jesus. No, that's a prompting of the Holy Spirit working in you. Yes. But I got that word. And I told you that those lists right behind me of all those tapes, those tapes all right there. I said, God, I gotta know who I am. I mean, I told you there I was. I had never been to hadn't been in church and as a kid and there I was sitting and Lord no God I don't know he just he works at miracles because <laughs> I don't know why my gay lover and his sister and I were sitting in this conference this church conference mm-hmm. it don't make any sense but there we were 
something I told you. Speaker came out to speak, grabbed hold of the podium. I'll never forget this. Took a step back, stood there for a moment, seemed like eternity. I'm like, what, what, what is she doing? And she came back and she was like, I can't speak of what I came here to speak on. Thousands of people. I got to share what the, what the Spirit of God is sharing. And all of a sudden, I said, who put me up to this? She was speaking, and then I realized it wasn't her, but it was the Spirit of God to the depths of me. I started getting angry. How does she know me? What is she doing telling about me? I'm sure it was for a lot of other people, but in that moment... It's like the spotlight was on the upper stair balcony. It's right there. He's the one that's caused us to miss out on the message for tonight. <laughs> and I told you in that moment when, when finally at the end, when they gave the altar call, like, I'm like, what? Yes. And my gay lover pulled me down. I was like, what are you doing? Where are you going? I'm going to Jesus. I couldn't run fast enough. And I left that night going, I need the Bible. I got all those tapes. I just got everything. I just began to sit and read and study and pray and hear. Who am I now? Who am I now? Now maybe you're not at that place where I was. But we all need Jesus and we all need the word. And we all need good solid teaching. So that we begin to understand our new identity. I once was, but now I'm... I once was... But not in myself, I am because of Christ. It's the Holy Spirit working in me. Oh God, I failed you today. Get up. Get up. Try again. Not in your own strength. Depend on me. I've got you. I called you to this. Okay, God. I shared with you years ago. I'm so angry at God. I said, I don't want this anymore. Who lives like this? This is chaos. I wasn't even pulled over on the expressway. Got out just screaming at the sky. I didn't ask for you. Why did you mess up my life? I'll show you. I'll take my life back. I'll do me. I'll do me. I don't want you. I don't want your love. I've lost my mind. This is chaos living like this. I told you that night I did things like I thought it was dark back here I went even darker just to prove to him I hated him I didn't want him in my life I didn't want anything to do with him any longer then the next morning after I woke up from my drug drunken stupor I hear are you finished? still the depths of me did you find what you were looking for? 
turn you over to all that? Oh, you want it You want it to come back stronger? But no. Step right in. Are you done? Did you find what you were looking for? Oh, God, no, no. And just His love and His grace just begin to wash the filth from my heart and my mind. I was like, God, your love is extravagant. Like, ah, why aren't you like man? (laughs) That would either beat me, (laughs) toss me out, or just leave. Because I was a runner. I knew how to mess things up. (laughs) I knew how to get out of things. Why do you share all this? Because I, because I don't know. All I know is that we've gone six months now into a year. Yeah. Where we've heard the word application, sustained effort, hard work. That it's the duty of every Christian to be in the word. To go, you're not going to grow. Spirit of God can't move if you're resisting him. He's not going to force you. He'll say, you want to continue to turn to that? But that's not what he has for us, you all. That's not what he has. And yet so many times we get enslaved to a defeated mentality. But man, we're not defeated, you all. Our circumstances may look like we are, but we must remember our position. Yes. My circumstances are not my position. My circumstances are just where I'm at. That I may grow in the grace and the knowledge even more of my Lord and Savior. And God, if my circumstances never change, you're still God. I'm still secure. I'm still in Christ. I don't have to keep contributing to my circumstances. No Holy Spirit, teach me. Yes. How to steward well in the midst of them. Help me to make better decisions. And that's just how we talk. That's just how we move. That's just how we apply. Because the degree to which we study, memorize, and meditate on God's Word is the degree to which we understand how it applies to our lives. But understanding how the Word applies is not enough. We must actually apply it. Apply it. I told you back in the days, I don't know what tools you're using. But you've got to get just as aggressive, again, just as aggressive as you were back there. You've got to get aggressive here as the Spirit of God is leading you to say, nope, I'm a child of God. I may not know everything, but one thing I know, God is for me, not against me. And I know this is the living word of God. And I know my flesh does not like the word of God. And I know this realm right here and this realm right here will love nothing more than to keep me entertained and down to keep me from truth. So no, no, no. I'm going to press in. So I got out. Got me some little white index cards. So back then I didn't have a cell phone. 
But I wrote down scriptures pertaining to the areas of my life that I felt the Holy Spirit says, I want to work on that. Give me that. Keep them in my back pocket. So no matter where I was, I don't care where I was. I mean, I didn't make a fool of myself. People weren't looking at me, what's he doing? Most time people didn't even know what I was doing. But I don't care where I was, I pulled them out. I would begin to read them. This is what you approve, this is your truth, this is what you say. You know? Yeah. Now I learned a lesson years ago when the Word of God says, take every thought captive and bring them into the obedience of His Lordship. It'll do us some good to take every thought captive and learn what it means to take every thought, not just some thought, but every thought that is contrary to the truth of God's Word. It's going to get real. Years ago, driving around town, going in, just taking in different sights. Week goes by and all of a sudden, just lust is burning within me. So what is all this? Ah! I said, well, where's it all coming from? Oh, it's the devil. Holy Spirit said, ain't the devil. It's you. Me. This is a conversation I'm having with the Lord. You didn't take thoughts captive. Remember how you took that extra long glance on that man on that billboard? Remember when you placed your eyes on that one man in the store? So we just got to get real, you all. I said, Lord, what? You saw that? Look where you're at now. to be engaging with me. As you set your eyes on those things, they should be set on me. I will cleanse you. I will purge that from you. Take every thought captive. I said, what? And man, you talking about the victory that's gained when you do that? No matter what it is in your life. No matter what it is in your life. Because again, we're searching for something to fulfill us. Yeah. Oh, we just got to get real. You're out there looking. You're out there taking things in. What are you doing with it? If it's not lining up with the Word of God. In His image. What are you doing with it? And you just can't let it just be in you. Because it's going to start leading you. Because as you think, so you go. Application, sustained effort, hard work. The Christian life is to be lived. I tried to fit in with my old friends. I tried to go, just sit around and hang out with them. Go to the club with them. I tried to just, well, I'll just go and I'll just be a good person. And I'm like, this just feels weird. It was nothing against them. Again, people can live however they want. People can do whatever they want. I didn't stand there and say, oh, y'all sinners going to hell. No. 
I just had to allow the Holy Spirit to say, what are you doing here? My God. I'm at this age and I'm still running amok. I said, God, I don't want to be that broken boy anymore. Mm-hmm. I've had to have that conversation many a times. Put myself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. That mirror. Mm-hmm. Counts the best place to counsel. It's in the mirror. Counselors are good. Praise God for them, but you want a good just you want a good counseling session? Sit yourself down in front of a mirror. Said you've had enough. I'm a grown man, still shucking and driving out in the bar, acting a fool, running them up, going to this place, that place, this home, that home, running them up, trying to fit in. <laughs> I said, I don't even belong here. My friends didn't even want me there. God bless them. <laughs> they thought I'd lost my mind. Boy, now you think you're too good for us. No, it's nothing to do with y'all. It's just it's all to do with me. You would think they would have been happy. Yeah. You would have think they would have thought, oh man, you seem put together. You don't seem, you know, and man, look at you. You're becoming, you know, but no. It aggravated them. Ah. And then when I saw the scripture, which I read a few weeks ago, where it says your former friends look at you and say, what are you doing? Why aren't you joining in with us? Why aren't you doing this again? And he's like, ah, I can't. So again, I don't know how you're applying truth that you're hearing because you're hearing truth over and over and over and over. And listen, y'all, this is a new life. This is a new life. This is a new life to be lived. I don't want to settle for less. I don't want just my foot one, just a little bit in. No, all of me, God. You know, I believe it was when Jesus came to wash the feet. I think it was Peter who said, oh, you know, I'll under my feet. <laughs> and when Jesus explained to him why, he was like, well, they washed all of me. That's where my heart, I want all of me, Lord. Not just this little bit or that little bit. No, God, all of me. I just want to live for you. I just want to know you. I just want to love you. I just want to serve you. I want to serve others. I just want to, God, just live this out. And not in a form of, of religion. <laughs> Rules and laws and do's and don'ts. Ah, ah. But in liberty and freedom where I'm like, no, the law's fulfilled. It's in Christ. So if I'm in Christ, there's a way in which I can live. Do you understand the hope that you can have, that you can step into when you get up from this place? If you're not in it. I mean, just as much as you're making choices over here, you you need to make a choice here. I said, I believe it was last week. You know, you just declare as for me and my household. Mm -hmm. We will serve ourselves. That's not what it says. No, you, you get... Just seriousness. Like, no, no. I don't know everything. I'm, I'm going to fall. I'm going to fail. I'm going to mess it up at times. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. I don't know what that all looks like. But that's the declaration. So God, all of me. Not just a little part, but like all of me. Whatever it takes, God. 
Because he's faithful, y'all. He's not man that he should lie. I don't want to keep putting characteristics on God as if he's man. No, he's God. He's holy. 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 Oh, man. There's no one else like him. So application implies action. And obedient action is the final step in causing God's word to come to life in our lives. The application of scripture enforces and further enlightens our study. And it also serves to sharpen our discernment, helping us to distinguish between good and evil. Between good and evil. That's how you should be maturing and growing. Especially in this day and age when evil is now good. You should be able to distinguish and go, hmm? There's a way in which you walk and you walk in Christ, victorious. And your life is not being pointed, it's not, nothing pointing to you, but it's all pointing to Him. Because as you're applying Scripture, as you're applying truth, it's the truth that shall set you free. And listen, 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 I don't know about you, but I'm not giving up my freedom. When the Word of God says you have a sound mind, when many years I lived as if I felt like I had a schizophrenic mind, <laughs> up today, down tomorrow, up today, down tomorrow, up today, down tomorrow. <laughs> here this way, that way, up this way, over here this way. But I have a sound mind? What does that look like? I don't even know what that looks like. So I grab my chair and sit down in front of a mirror. And you say, well, that's crazy. That's not even biblical, oh yeah? Well, David probably wasn't looking in the mirror, but he talked to his soul. Oh my soul, why are you so downcast? Put your hope in God. You see, I've come to understand over the years that I'm living not out of my flesh, depths of my soul now. That's why Jesus even says, what would it profit a man if he gains the whole world? All this dust. (laughs) But he loses his soul. That's why I've charged you over the years. Are you caring for your soul? Well, you can run, you can talk a good talk about your flesh. You know? But are you protecting your soul? Think about that as you go about your week. When you hear the words coming out of your mouth, when you the thoughts running them up in your head, where your hands are going, what you're viewing, where your feet are leading you, all your attitudes, everything about you, and where you're placing yourself. Is it benefiting your soul? If you're a Christian. If you're a Christian. If you're not a Christian, or if you're just holding a form of religion, well, then you've got to wake up. And come to Christ. Run to Christ. Repent. See yourself as an enemy towards Him. Turn from wickedness and turn to God. Believe and confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that He rose from the dead. And that that become your foundation in which you begin to make all your decisions and choices on. 
Because that's a Christian life, you all. Just not come to church when I feel like it. Do what I can. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Poof, I said a little prayer. Poof, I'm a Christian. And remember I told you last week, the enemy's nothing doing nothing but running amok in the church. Putting the church to sleep. Sleep. Shh. You're saved. You're sanctified. You're sealed. Don't need to be so holy. Shh. And giving people a false sense of security. Everyone's a Christian. You don't even find that in the Bible. Do you understand what we're up against? And that's why my favorite phrase, and we just want to roll it out of bed. I'm be a Christian. And we're not applying anything. We're not living. We're not growing. Come on, we gotta wake up. We gotta wake up. We gotta wake up. We gotta wake up. We gotta put into practice, you all, what we're learning. Go to Colossians 3. Scriptures. And I hope will encourage us to continue to apply truth because we're to be the people of God doing the will of God for the glory of God. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Let the message about Christ. Highlight that. Circle that. The message about Christ in all of His richness fill your lives. Teach, counsel each other with all wisdom He gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And let's move on. Add verse 17, Carrie. And whatever you do or say, Do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. If you're a Christian, this is God's standard. Let the message about who? Christ. It didn't say, let the works of the church or the works of the law are the do's and the don'ts fill your lives? No, no. The message of Christ. Do you understand the freedom? Do you understand the love? Do you understand the impact when the message of Christ fills your life? I guess in our prayer time today, we heard the scripture from John, like he came. To a world, to the world in which he created, and the world didn't even know him. He came to his very own people, and they didn't want him. I mean, again, I try to encourage you. That should open up your spiritual eyes. Like, why? Hey, this is real. Like, why? Why? Why do they hate him so? Why have governments tried to take the word out? Why are governments now asking the AI, the artificial intelligence, to rewrite the Bible? And they're telling people, have a Bible, a real Bible. Because they're rewriting it. Like you understand what we're up against. Why do they hate him so? Why is he hated even to this day? 
Why are Christians being exterminated? Why is there such a huge pushback on living for Christ? And why is there such a perverted gospel running amok? False teachers increasing because of this realm here. God said from here from the beginning till the end what we're up against. But praise be to God, you all. This is good news that we carry. And so we let the message about Christ fill our lives. And I love the little phrase in between, in all of its richness. Like I'm telling you, when I've had my down days, I can just sit in front of that mirror. Oh, you think I'm kidding? I don't mind. I'll walk into the bathroom at work, go into the stall, lock it up, and stand there and look at myself in the mirror. I say, why is up, buddy? Let me remind you about Christ. The richness. I don't know if you've done that lately. Like when you're down in the dumps, when it just seems like you're just being buried. When you made the wrong decisions or the wrong choice, and you're like, ugh. But instead of staying down and defeated, you go, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, no. I'm not excusing it. God, forgive me. I'm sorry. Remind me, God, the richness that is in Christ. God, you so loved me that you sent forth your Son. Now he willingly came for me. I told you, you ought to be... You ought to be the best preacher you know and you ought to be sharing the gospel with yourself daily. Because look at that. Have it fill your lives and then teach and counsel each other. Sing these songs and whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks through Him to God the Father. You just don't need that for other people to do. If you're calling yourself a Christian... You're going to be living this new life now. Go to John 4. John 4. You ought to be talking yourself happy. John 4, verse 23 through 24. But the time is coming, indeed it is here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship Him in that way. For God is spirit. So those who worship Him must highlight that, circle that. It's not an option when you feel like it. Most of the time, you're not going to feel like it. That's why you press in. That's why you press in. You must worship Him in spirit and in truth. I don't have to go put on a show and then pretend I'm happy. No, I can be real and raw with him because he already knows. Uh, you know, when I was reading through the Old Testament, I keep telling you, when he tells his people, I'm not, stop praying. I'm not even listening to you. I said, God, what? Man. You may think that's harsh, but it's not harsh. 
They're making a mockery. They didn't mean it. They weren't sincere. It was all show. But man, when you're real and raw and transparent, my God, I'm hurting. God, I'm mad. I'm angry. But God, in my anger, I don't want to sin against you. I don't even want to sin against others, God. You're the only one that can heal this woundedness. You're the only one that can make me whole. Because God, I've spent too long over the past day. You see, this is just how you're talking to yourself. I've given over to things and conversations and patterns of thought. God, that... That's not pleasing to you. And the only reason why I'm even able to even do this, God, right now is because that's, it's the Holy Spirit bringing me to this place because of your loving kindness. Like it's nothing of me. If it was just me, God, I would run. I would turn from you. I would just keep going that way. No, I don't want to run anymore. Like, I don't want to be that wounded little boy anymore who felt like he didn't have a place. God, you know my anxious thoughts. You know my brokenness. Here I am, Lord. See, you just got to get real. I don't know how you're living your life. Why are you living your life? But I know one thing. It's crazy out there. It's crazy out there. So much brokenness. I said, look at all this chaos. I was last night, I think it was last night, how did, how did it get this far? How, these groups, these I mean, just all this stuff that's out there, they're going to end up turning and devouring each other. <clears throat> and I'm like, this is crazy. Like, just look at the world around you. And you think you're just going to roll up out of bed? <laughs> like, no, you got to be diligent. You gotta understand. It hasn't taken God by surprise. You're not above Him not to love them. Because He loves them. And the reason why you're still here, you have breath in your body, you're to go forth and to be His hands and His feet. Not just to go along with them. No matter who it is. No matter who it is. But to engage with them. To hold up a standard, not beating them down, but just get to know them, hear their questions, be able to respond. And if they don't want to hear from you, it's okay, don't get offended. Pray for them, move on, shake the dust off your feet, move on. So many of us are exhausting ourselves, toiling in ground that's not going to produce anything. Oh, God's called me here. No, he hasn't. <laughs> You've just chosen to stay stuck. <clears throat> come on. We just got to get real. We just got to get... We just got to... Uh, just Come on, God. Use me. Send me. That God's pursuing us since we took our first breath. Remember, He formed and fashioned you. 
Even before he placed you in your mother's womb. You're not a mistake. You are purposed. God has prepared good works for you to do. Not for yourself, but for Him. And so when your eyes, when the veil has been torn, that the enemy has blinded your eyes, the veil is removed, and now you can see and you're like, it's like a whole new world. What? And you think you're going to do this in your own strength? You think you're going to do it by following rules and laws? Are your grandma's teaching? Are your mama's teaching? Are your daddy's teaching? Are your auntie's teaching? No, no, no. It has to be your truth. It has to be your truth. Because anyone else's faith, you're not marching in on my coattails. They're going to stop you at the gate. <laughs> you can't live off someone else's faith. Well, mama was saved. Daddy was saved. Daddy took me to church. Well, what does that mean? Like, is it genuine? Is it real? Are we living it out? Do you understand how great our God is? And what we've been called to? Before we move on to some other scripture, I want to carry to play this thing that I posted. I, I really pray it just encourages us because it draws in and ties in with application and how to be living our lives and, and how God is raising up a people, not just in our generations, but in previous generations and the generations to come. God will have a people yes. <laughs> that he will call his own and they will call him their God. And it's not going to be the masses. Because not everyone is coming. But for those who do call upon the name of the Lord, oh, they shall be saved, Amen. sealed, and sanctified. Yes. I don't need the enemy to whisper it to you and pretend that you got it. Because you don't have it unless you're in Christ. Unless Christ is whom you're identifying with, that you recognize yourself as his enemy, you've humbled yourself, and now you receive this great salvation, this free gift. And you recognize the punishment that he took upon his body is what you deserved. And yet he bids us, come this way. Follow me. I got the way out of this. It's through me. It's through me. It's through me. I'm like, what? Yes, God. Show me. Teach me. God, here I am. I just want to grow. And I hope that's your heart's desire as we continue through this year. Because I don't want us to get to the end of this year and be the same people we were at the beginning. How crazy would that be? Not because God held back from us. No, it's that we chosen to continue to resist him. And that should not be our position. Take a listen. Playing from Carrie's iPhone. 
saying the world is falling apart. Staring back at Israel saying judgment is turned away backward and justice stands afar off. For truth is fallen in the street and equity cannot enter. What's a God to do? And he saw that there was no man and he wondered that there was no intercessor. An intercessor basically means one who fills the gap. If you have a walled city and there is a hole in the walled city, there's just this little part that is like broken down, it's like a pile of rubble, and actually you can sneak through it. You know, there's a vulnerability in a time of war. If you have an enemy, what's an enemy looking for? The gate, to try and scale the gate. They're looking for breaches or holes in the wall. They're not stupid, they're not going to waste their time going through the front door and then go through a side little broken down breach. So the enemy, by his very nature, is constantly watching the integrity of the wall. He's looking for holes. We have massive holes in our life. They give the enemy access to do with our life what he sees fit to do. We can say, that's horrible, I'm a Christian. Yeah, you're a Christian with breaches. You are not supposed to be a Christian with breaches. One of the key definitions of Christianity could be a man or a woman who, whose walls are repaired, who is made strong. Why? So that they are useful to God. They're not just constantly inwardly fighting demons. They can be outward focused. God says to Israel, I will bless you so that you can become a blessing to the nations. God's pattern is to make you strong so that you're useful. There is a hedge that is supposed to be built up around your life, and it very likely isn't. You need a strong man. You need someone who can step in and fight off that enemy to make you strong so that you can start focusing outward instead of on your own issues. Most of us as Christians, the church is so weak because we have literally less than 1% of our time that is able to focus outward because we are so caught up in our issues and our difficulties. Even the healthiest among us, we have issues. We have difficulties, whether it's relational, whether it's financial, whether it's health, we have issues. And there's a dying world out there. You know that 150, estimated 150,000 people died and went to hell today? Let's think about this. What did we all do about it? Did we take a step forward in beginning to do something about it? Or are we just stemming the tide from our life falling apart even more than it is? We are living on the defensive instead of the offensive. What we need is the same thing God was looking for back then. The walls are broken down. The city is in disrepair. Israel is, is without a defender. Where's the intercessor? You know who Jesus Christ was? In a nutshell, he's the intercessor. He's the man who stands in the gap. He's the strong man who came and took the full blow upon himself so that we can gather our wits spiritually and awaken and say, I'm in. Thank you for rescuing me. Literally, he took the blow with the life.
life of Jesus, we have a tendency to make him a mousy character. We have a tendency to diminish his manly strength. We are talking about the greatest warrior of all time. In the Old Testament, the term is Lord of Hosts. doing the will of God for the glory of God, you all. We recognize what Jesus did for us and that's what he calls us to go forth and to be able to stand in the gap for others, to serve others, to love others in his name. Not in and of ourselves, not to make people dependent upon us, but we've been given the ministry of reconciliation to point people to God. That's what our lives ought to be doing as Christians. As Christians, you all, there's three areas in the time that I have left with you all. There's three areas I want us to focus on, especially this week. I want to encourage you all to, to pray through this and to allow the Holy Spirit to, to give you what you need to apply to your life. Truth in these areas. Because as I've been praying for, not just us, but the church at large... Especially over in the West. Man, I don't know if we're really grasping what it means to be reconciled. I don't know if we really grasp the understanding of what it means to forgive. 
And I don't really understand, I don't really think we understand what it means to truly love. Because we're not applying truth. Now, he's a God of reconciliation. So we should be a people of reconciliation. He's a God in whom forgives. And we should be a people who forgives. He's a God who loves. And we should be a people who love. And in reconciliation and forgiveness and love, it doesn't mean that we just keep following the same patterns over and over and over for ourselves, because then it's just a form, and it's really not application, because we're not transforming. Because remember, that's the, you know if you're applying the truth. You may say, well, how do I know if I'm applying truth? Are you beginning to see obedience in your life? I mean, Jesus himself says, why do you call me Lord, Lord? And don't do what I say. I mean, he tells the people, don't, no, 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 don't be quick to follow me. Consider the cost. Because it's going to cost you everything. Remember, when he first, his ministry exploded, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of, the Bible calls them disciples, followers, gathering around, do for me, Jesus, do for me, Jesus. They were impressed with his skills, his miracles, his teachings with such authority. Well, they were impressed. But as soon as you read through the gospel, as soon as he pivots and he begins to lay out his purpose, as soon as he pivots because he knows the cross is right there, he turns to them and he tells them, You must eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. He begins to give them insight to truly his purpose. And I've taught on that over the years. It fascinates me when I ran ran into it years ago. Like, what? Like these people who had such a zeal for him, they begin to look at each other and be like, what is he talking about? This is too hard for us to understand. And they turned and they went back to their old ways of living. They spent time with Jesus. They were his disciples. They were impressed with Jesus. Jesus was giving them things. But as soon as Jesus says, hey, this is the reason why. Ah! And he stood there and he watched them. And then I've always told you, he looked at the 12 and said, are you leaving too? And they said, where can we go? You have the words to eternal life. And I believe every Christian has to get there in their walk. Where can I go, God? What am I going to go back to? Like you hold the words to eternal life. Like I'm all in. Not because of myself, but because you are pleased to reveal yourself to me. That's why I love Paul when he says, this gospel in which I preach, this was an educated man. This was a well-scholared man. He was a Pharisee. He was murdering Christians. He was rounding them up. But when he came to Christ, his whole life changed. 
Then he stood there and he says, this gospel in which I preach, man did not teach this to me. God was pleased to reveal himself to me through his son Jesus. And so as he did for Paul, he does for us. But we are called to live a greater life, you all. For his kingdom. We're kingdom people. Seek first his kingdom. I don't know what that looks like. Begin. Because once you begin, once the growth starts, man, it just... So we're lacking in reconciliation and in forgiveness and in love. And it's my hopes that we would allow the Holy Spirit to, to, to have full access to our lives and say, God, first I need to understand what that means from you to me. Because I can't give what I don't understand. <laughs> be reconciled back to you for no other purpose. And so many times we hinder broken relationships that God wants to restore because we say they come first. We have our demands. God didn't do that to you. Forgiveness. We harbor such unforgiveness God didn't do that to you. He didn't list the charges against you. No, when you re- when you realized, oh, he forgave you. He forgave you. He doesn't even remember it. And then love. What? I'm gonna love them. They're dirty. Oh, look at them. And we point our crooked finger at people that aren't in the church as if they're the problem. When in reality, no, your attitude's the problem. And again, you're not above him not to love them. Jesus went out. He didn't lower himself. He didn't move his standards and shuck and jive with the people. No, no, no. He was among them. He didn't lose himself. He didn't celebrate with them their sin, their choices. No, no. But he didn't keep himself from them. He came for them. There's a way to go. There's a way to live. This is Jesus, you all. Go to Matthew. Chapter 5, verse 23 through 24. Scripture on reconciliation. Again, I pray that you all will take these scriptures, pray through it, and, you know, praise be to God. If you're healed in all these areas, well, praise be to God. Multiply, keep moving forward, and rejoice in Christ, and be about your Father's business. But if there's still areas in your heart that you're harboring, understand that's hindering your life. And you ought to seek Him as He is pleased to reveal these areas to you to say, we need to work on that. <laughs> you need to lay it down. You need to give it to me. And listen, not every relationship may be reconciled where they're together, but you can be reconciled within yourself that you're harboring nothing ill towards them. 
Because you ain't going to go back to abuse. You ain't going back to codependency. You ain't going back to chaos. But you're not looking for others to change. You change. You change. Matthew 5, verse 23-24. So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer the sacrifice to God. A lot of our worship is being hindered because of broken relationships. But yet we'll come right in and okay, and we're offering our sacrifice of praise and worship. Oh, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. Oh, but that person, oh, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. And we're somehow thinking that God is pleased. No, the Bible's very clear. Leave it and go. Be reconciled, restore it. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 and 19. And again, not everyone you're going to go back to, but in and of yourself, it can be reconciled. You don't have to harbor things. <laughs> you just get up and move on. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 and 19. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself, which is a picture of reconciliation through Christ. And God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. You know the key to healthy reconciliation? It's there right there in that scripture. No longer counting people's sins against them. Wow. The liberty that comes from living a life reconciled first with God. And then as it's an opportunity... To restore relationships and the relationships are together, praise God. But even if the relationships are what they were and they're never going to be brought back together, it's okay. You can still be reconciled within yourself. Because I'm releasing them. I'm releasing them. I told you all when I first came to Christ, about a year or so later, I went on a forgiveness tour. I wanted to be reconciled with people. But my motives were not to be to have them back in my life. No, my, my motives were just like, I just want to release you. I mean, praise be to God, Gillow's in my life. She's my wife. But when I went on my forgiveness tour and I was talking with her and sharing with her, she was looking at me like, all right, Rob. Whatever. Had the hood look. At the west side look. <laughs> but when she 
came to a service with me. And she looked over, she saw, this is her, she can tell you, me raise my hands and just worship God. She was like, oh, he's a different man. And ultimately, she comes to Christ to a full understanding of Christ and she surrenders her life to Christ. But again, I didn't go to her. I didn't go to people to to win them back over. Like, I just wanted to release them. And there's some people I couldn't go to because it was too dangerous. It was just wasn't the right thing. But I sat down. And I let them go. Because I didn't want to continue to harbor that. Because I knew it would continue to define me. And my choices and my actions and everything about me will continue to be drawn from that. It'll just do us some good, you all, to apply truth and to be reconciled first and then with others. Forgiveness. Go to Luke 23, 34. Matthew 6, 14. Oh, no. Matthew 6, 14 first. Thank you, Carrie. Matthew 6, 14. And this is a lifestyle even after you become a Christian. Matthew 6, verse 14. So rather it's reconciliation, rather it's forgiveness, rather it's love. After you become a Christian, these are things that you just want to keep alert of. Guard your heart. Especially with Christians, brothers and sisters. To be restored. Because how would they know that we belong to Him? By our love for one another. Not our love for the world. Not our love for tacos. But our love for one another. Because the people who are lost should look in and say... Those people are weird. Those people are strange. They are a mixed group of people. Every tribe, tongue, language, everybody from all different lifestyles. And look at them all. Giddy. Getting along. All for Christ. And they don't understand it. But again, it's maintaining Reconciliation, maintaining forgiveness, maintaining love. So, Matthew chapter 6, verse 14. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. And he's writing to, you know, so, so, so that you understand, Jesus is speaking to his followers. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Yeah. That's like, what? But you don't know what they did. I remember having conversations. You know? From one who was broken, wounded, abused. Hurt all types of people. Now, God, you don't know what they did to me. God, you don't know. I have every right. You know what the Holy Spirit showed me? Look what they did to Christ. 
He's my example. He's not listing all the accusations and charges. No, in fact, go to Luke 23, verse 34. Sometimes I just sit just with this little small scripture. I said, wow, God. Jesus, on the cross, after He's endured such humiliation, such brutal beating, His skin, chunks of skin being ripped off of Him, the mocking, the spitting upon, He's hanging there, taking on everything that I deserve. Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. It may do us some good this week just to have that scripture in front of us. No, but they've got to pay. I'm not letting them off that easy. Okay, well, hold on to it. But then you, you just understand what Jesus said back in Matthew. So I don't believe it. God will still forgive me. Oh, so then Jesus is a liar. These are Jesus' words. Who are you to harbor unforgiveness? Broken relationships. And again... Not everyone who's wounded here you're going to be able to go back to. But you can release them. Write a letter. Rip it up. After you write it, get it out. Do whatever you got to do to get it out. Talk to someone. Like the freedom that came to me when I was able to go down my list. I had a journal years ago, but I burnt it because I'm done. I was done. I've done everything. I wrote down everybody. Ooh, there was a lot of people in here. But you know who I ended with? Me. Forgave myself. Forgave myself. Some of those people in that journal, I did. I had the opportunity to go and apologize to. Others, I didn't. But I forgave them. And it was a beautiful evening. I'm just watching everything burn. It's like, yeah. You talk about the weight that's lifted up off of you. Like the freedom that comes from it, like, yeah, no. Like, I'm not going to continue this vicious cycle because of all of this and because of what I'm harboring against them. I know. Like, I don't want that. I don't want to continue to be their victim because when you do not forgive, you remain a victim. But in Christ, no, I said, this is my mirror. I'm not a victim. Why am I choosing to remain a victim? And if Jesus can, from the cross, cry out, forgive them, 
for they know not what they're doing. Who am I then to keep having a list of charges? I'm not, no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not just dismissing it where they feel free. Could you imagine if that was God's attitude? No, God forgive them. And there was people that it was really hard. It was gut-wrenching. But I said, God, get me to this place where I can cry out from the depths of me, forgive them, for they know not what they did to me. And it was real. It's just not weird mantras that the New Age people like to do. No, it's that genuine, it's that in, that, that deep cleansing that only God can do through Christ. He's our example. Oh, that we would know Him, you all. Go to First John 1 John 1.9 John 1.9 You know, this again, this is a life to be lived. It always fascinates me. You know, I talk with Christians, I've, I've gone to churches, I've sat in services, I've gone to conferences, and I'm like, how many people are actually going to get up and put into practice what they, what they believe? I mean, we hear, and we hear but are we applying? Could you imagine if we all got up from this place today and went out in our community and just lived as Christians? Sure, we may, we're gonna, we may be hated, laughed at, mocked at, chained up, beaten, whatever. But all for the glory of God. <laughs> or we may make impact where we see people come to Christ their eternities change because of Christ. And that we just live what we're, what we're saying, whom we believe in, and His teachings. Instead of, I just go to church, said a little prayer. No, but that, that it is who I am. <laughs> because He is who He is. The great I am. Oh, Jesus, 1 John 1, 9. But if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and look at this, and to cleanse us from all forms of wickedness. All forms of wickedness. There are many people, you all, that I did have an opportunity to sit with and talk to. And just as I was no longer their victim, I was able to share a message of hope that they could be free because of Christ. That the actions that maybe they've done to me or even to others do not have to continue to be what they identify with. For in Christ there is freedom. And in the sea, some of them come to Christ and live for Christ. Just, man, only Jesus can do that, you all. Again, it's all about freedom. 
It's this message that we're giving to people. But that we're cleansed. I love this picture of being cleansed. Like you understand you've been free. You've been wiped clean. You've been cleansed. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Again, it just can't be a form of religion. You may think you're getting away with it. You may think you're putting on a good show. And everyone thinks you're holy. Oh, she's a great prayer intercessor. Oh, he, yeah, that person is so anointed. Oh, wow, look at much knowledge they know. And they're just as dark, as dark, as dark, as dark can be. You don't see them behind closed doors. They know how to put on a show. They know how to talk the good talk. They know how to stand up for everything. <laughs> but inside, dead. Darkened. I'm not impressed. I keep telling you I'm not impressed. They don't even know how to love. First Corinthians 13. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I had to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Listen, perk up, listen. We're almost done. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no records of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith. It is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless but love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly like puzzling reflect, reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect, perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. Three things that will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. How are you doing? Stare into this this week. 
Love is patient. I'm not that patient, God. Work in me, Holy Spirit. Help me. Love is kind. Not easily irritable. It's holding no records of wrong. This is what should be coming out of our lives. It's just not a, amen, oh, that's a good word. And then you just get up and nothing. But do you hold this up? Like James tells us. Don't be like the man who looks intently in the mirror and then turns around and forgets what he looks like. And this, and this is your mirror. This is what you're looking intently in to see really who you are. This isn't some, you know, weird, you know, religion, just this weird, you know, just another thing out there. He is the way. He's the truth. He is the life. He's the only way. Now that just seems too hard in and of your own strength. It is. Of course. And that's why I tell you, if I ever counseled you one-on-one and you come at me with, I'm trying, I'm trying. Why are you trying? It's not working. I'm trying. That's the problem. You're trying. Let the Holy Spirit in. Give Him full reign. He's to have the throne of your heart. Because Christ is to have your heart. And that could be real. Like I'm having an issue, Holy Spirit. And the only reason why I can confess it is because you're pleased it is your loving kindness that reveals this to me so that I will repent. So help me in this area. Doesn't mean I'm never going to be rude, but when I'm rude, oh, I feel the conviction. And if I continue to remain rude, then what am I doing? Allowing my heart to harden. Is that keeping records of wrong? Do you know how many times I've sat with Christians, counseling them, Getting to the depths of them, they want to list the records. And I said, well, if you just throw all that away, you'll sense a, a great deal of freedom. Norma, back in the day, kept telling me, they have to pay, they have to pay, they have to pay. You remember? Who, Norma? Who has to pay? What are they paying for? Well, you know what they did to me. Well, I don't make light of it. But how are you going to make them pay? They're not up at night worrying about what they did to you. But you've carried this all these years. Love wins, Norma. Because love never fails. Let go of all those wrongs that were committed against you. Keep no more record of it. And you say, well, I'm just supposed to just if looking like, oh, it didn't mean anything, <laughs> pretty much. Well, that's not good counseling. Well, what, do you want me to sit with you and say, okay, hold on to all of that. Allow that to keep defining you. Allow that to keep allowing you to give you the right to keep doing what you're doing, remaining oppressed, depressed, <laughs> stuck in a rut. For what? Praise be to God, Lord, they don't have to pay. Right? Because ultimately Christ paid. Christ paid. This is who we say we're believing. This isn't some, you know, weird mojo, you know, whatever. Brouhaha. 
I used to believe some crazy stuff, you all. Rubbing the crystals. Doing all of that. Bringing incense. Ringing the bells. Doing all this weird stuff. You know? It's true. I don't know if you remember anything about me back in the day, Jessica, but you could write a book, I'm sure. But no, seriously, I was crazy. You know, it's, I don't make fun of people who's doing it, but I go, man, what? And every other religion out there, every other religion out there does not offer the freedom that Christ offers. You're constantly striving. I, remember, I believe when I remember, I, I remember when I believed I, reincarnation. I go, I'm going to come back. I'm going to do all this stuff. I'm going to come back to, and I, you know, all this stuff. I'm like, that's exhausting. So then I went and found something else to believe in. So I was studying Buddha and all the tents. So fascinated with his life. Like, wow, he left everything and he sat there and he just began to, his 12 points of enlightenment. Oh, yes, it speaks to me. It's exhausting. Then I get into witchcraft and Satanism. Doing sacrifices. The blood. Need the blood. Need the blood. It's crazy. It's exhausting. I come to Christ and I'm like, what? That's what I'm saying. When your eyes are open, when you realize, like, what kind of craziness was I doing? Like, your eyes are open. You're like, what is all? Like, God, I'm free. Like, what? Like, what? It, it, what? Wow. Like, if I just apply your truth, or just allow the Holy Spirit to have full reign, like, I'm to consider myself dead, but alive in Christ. Like, what does that mean? What does that look like? Even in my seasons and my moments of, of whatever, God, I'm glad you're there with me. And there's this hope that we can have in him, that he sees us through. I love you all. Ah, the greatest of these is love. Oh, how I pray you go this week and you look at that. Go to Psalms 107. Psalm 107, verse 1. I'm coming to a close. Psalm 107, verse 1. God help us to live, you all. God help us, really, you all, to be Christians. To live, to live. And you say, but Rob, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what's happening when I walk outside that door, it doesn't matter. Just be a Christian. Come sit. That's reason together, as we heard on Friday. Let's talk. Be encouraged. Don't stay trapped. Don't stay down. Don't, don't keep things hidden. Don't just keep going. I told you, we will walk with you through the valley. Now, I, I, and I say it with all love, but I'm not going to take up camp with you. If you want to take up camp because this, this is what I like, this, this is what I'm going to do, this, that, you can stay there. And I'll love you right there. <laughs> but I'm not going to stay down with you. 
Like, I got to keep moving forward. Good Lord, you don't want me to stay down. (laughs) We will go through the depths of darkness. It may be uncomfortable, it may be uneasy, but it's okay. Because that's what he does for us, and that's what he calls us to. But that's just who we are. And we've got to start being Christians. Living for Christ. Understanding the times in which we are purposed for. And having a hope that carries us in and out of every single day. No matter what comes slamming up against us. No matter what. That we learn what it is to walk in the Spirit. To have this hope that cannot be taken from us. We may be pressed in on every side, but we will not be crushed. They may chain us, but we will still worship. (laughs) Do you understand? Psalm 107 verse 1, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. Oh, that we would remember it. His faithful love, His faithful love endures forever. Oh, Oh, that we would be faithful and loving. That it's not, I love you today, that then Yvette steps on my toes tomorrow and I'm like, get out of my face. I got an issue with you. What, what, kind, of, what kind of nonsense is going on in the church? All oh, the bickering and the backbiting and the gossiping and the tearing. Ah! I'm not working in ministry full time, and I and I serve and I work with Christians. But sometimes I have to hold up that stand and say, "Come on, y'all, please! You're making this work environment like what? just get along for God's sakes. Have the right out expectations for proper communication. Please, have everyone pull out your Bible. Let's read through this, and we're all going to sign off on it wow. <laughs> because we're Christians. Again, it happens. And that's how we all love each other enough to say, hey, you're wandering off. Hey, get back on the road. Not because, oh, are you judging me for doing what you... No. We love you. Listen. I deal with the plank of my own eye. That's why I'm able to come and deal with the splinter in yours. If I didn't, I would have no right, the Bible says, to even look at your lives and say, hey, what are you, what are you doing? That's so why I said you have to deal with your own self. If we can go out there and try to uphold the standard for everyone else, hold that standard for yourself because trust me, they see you. You want to tell me what? <laughs> Just live an honorable life. Not a perfect life. Let them see you fall. Let them see you make wrong choices. But get up. Let them see you be restored, reconciled, forgiving, loving. So they will know and see Christ in your life and how he's working in our lives. That's so where we're going to stop today. We'll pick up on our prophecies next week. We'll pick up finishing First Chronicles next week. 
today my heart was just so heavy this week on, on reconciliation and, and forgiveness and love and truly what it means to apply and how to live this out. And if you're wrestling with it, if you're unsure, then just would you just call and set up some time with me so we can just sit down. If you don't want to come here, then we'll go get some coffee. We'll sit somewhere. But you ought to be connecting. If you don't want to connect to me, then let me make sure you connect with the right person. So ask me who you can connect with. But I'm just telling you all, like, it's chaos out there. But chaos shouldn't be in here. Shouldn't be in here. Oh, you may have to go through. But that's the picture, going through. Some of us just got to start tearing down our camps. Put out the fire. Because that's not where you belong. Keep going. Keep going. But it's hard. Yes, it is. But you're not alone. But I got all these issues. It's okay. We all do. But we're going. We're moving forward. We're moving on. <laughs> and this is the hope that we have in Christ. Because he has not left us. I mean, listen to this promise. And I'll close this with this last song. And I'll close this in prayer. Jesus' promise. Like, I, I take it to heart. Like Sometimes I just go, wow. You said you'll never leave me? You'll forsake me. God, there's been all these people in my life that were quick to leave me. God, you will never leave me nor forsake me. That my security is in you and that security in you cannot be shaken. Like, you're not a man that you should lie. Like, you're, you're, you're true to your word. Like, you are a loving God. And God, I, I saw you for all too long, for many years. And I had all these expectations. And I said all this trash talk about you. Like, I see things that are going on. And I'm like, God, that's what I used to do. I see how they make a mockery of Jesus and the cross and doing just the most God-forsaken things with the images of Christ. And I, and I go, God, that's what I used to do. I used to do. I used to be a part of. And I go, oh, God. Thank you that you freed this mind, this person. Like, what? Like, some of the stories, if I ever just, y'all be like, what? And I don't need to tell them, but I'm just saying, like, I remember, like, God, the things I used to do with your images. Oh. And yet you allow me to stand to offer hope to people? Like, what kind of God? Who God that's so that's such great love. He can uphold all the charges. <laughs> List every single one of them. But he doesn't. He can do that for you all too. No, I see them. God, I'm sorry. And it's only because of your loving kindness that you even allow me to truly see what I've done and the condition that I am apart from you. Like I'm your enemy. I don't want to be your enemy. God, forgive me. I receive, I receive this free gift of salvation only through your son Jesus because you loved me so much. You pursued me. You gave yourself for me that I might live. This is the message. This is what we ought to be sharing. This is what people should be seeing in us. So I'm going to close this with this song. And then I'll close this in prayer.
Yes, you